and we were out in Denver at the time we moved and, 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 you know, I have not a bad word to say about cities. I think cities are awesome. I like city people just fine. I enjoyed living in the city tremendously. There's some nice stuff about living in a city like food, um, for instance. Um, and, um, there's Ironically. Just, you know, it, <laughs> Yeah, right. Ironically, but man, you can, I mean, especially if you go to the the the, the strip mall ethnic places, man, the food, um, you get good food. It's not even that expensive. Inside of the city, the people are crazy. Out of their minds, they ain't got a clue. We gone away, headed west for Montana. Left family and friends all I got now is you. We both got new jobs, a host and a homestead, thinking this was the life, all that there'd be. After our firstborn, you had to stay home. That's when the work got in the way for me. Well, I started. and an RV send us a message and there will be this is the farm hop life podcast a traveling homestead family i'm matt derosier today my guest is nathan gates he's been homesteading for 10 years homeschooling and he's a self-employed psychotherapist i'm going to pretend i know what the difference is between therapist and therapy and all that uh but uh now he's living in west illinois and before that he lived in colorado i'd like to hear more about that but um why psychotherapy or psychotherapist um well that's a you know there could be a short or a long answer to that um uh, a psychotherapist um a specifically uh, a licensed clinical professional counselor. So there's, you know, um, a whole range, you know, of professionals, you know, from a psychologist who's a, you know, PhD trained in, um, you know, uh, basically counseling techniques and psychological testing and whatnot. Um, there's psychiatrists, which are medical doctors, there's social workers, which are uh, master's level clinicians. Uh, there's counselors like myself, which is master's level clinician. So that's the the short version of it. For okay, me, um, it's kind of a it was kind of a roundabout way. Um, uh, a lot of times, people will say that they got into the um, profession to help people. That wasn't really <laughs> why I um, got into it. I was just curious, like I, I just curious about um, people. I'm curious, curious about minds, how they work, how how how. Uh, people think how people change. And so I just was curious and went down that road. And then this seemed like a practical application of it. Um, you know, helping people is not a bad thing and it's not, a, a, I enjoy my work, but that's not like the primary drive to get into it. Um, it was a lot of curiosity um, and then became, you know, as I learned more and became more involved, you know, really um, drawn to the compassionate aspect of it. And, um, you know, really, um, 
you know, helping people see from a different perspective um, in a nutshell. Sure. I, man, I don't, I thought about like, you know, therapists and whatnot. I'm like, I, I would not like their job. I could not do their job if, uh, if my life depended on it. Like, uh, listening to other people's problems all day. Is it more than that? What is what? Because that's just kind of like the gist I get from it. What is it really? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't. I mean, yes, you do listen to people's problems. That is a large component of the job. But you know, people are interesting. Um, yes. And so the way I see it is, I get to interact with and learn from, and um, you know, see life through the eyes of all different kinds of people i mean it was a hell of a way i'm not from here i'm from southern illinois originally and then i moved to colorado uh, my wife and i lived in colorado for 11 years and then we moved back here which is roughly you know where my wife is from actually we we live in uh her um yeah you know house it's been her family for 160 years or so um but Whoa. uh yeah, I was, and I work in an adjacent town. I don't work in the town she grew up in, and and we didn't really know many people. And I opened up a practice just right away. Like this is how ten years ago, this is how we were going to make it work. We didn't. We just like moved back home, and um, and I decided to you know open up a practice, and just that's how we were going to do it. And um, it's a really interesting way to get to know a community, um, for sure, is by not really knowing a lot of people, and then you know being a therapist because you just you know. Um, you really get to know um, what people in the community do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, learn all about you know. Those people talk about their work, their jobs. You learn all about what people um, do for work, how people live, um, the kinds of struggles that people have. Um, and of course, everyone's different, has different struggles. But there are sort of universal themes, and then there's regional themes, and, and you get to know those. Um, and so. It's a fascinating job, and um, you know, if all it was was listening, um, I don't think I would enjoy it as much as I do. But you know, without getting really deeply into the weeds, you know, so much of it is just helping. Um, you know, I'm in a, I'm a different set of eyes, and I look uh, from a completely different angle. So it's helping people to you know shift their perspective to see things that they might not see. Um, that's one of the functions. So a lot, sometimes it is a function. People just need to say something. You know, people sure. just have something. You know, like um, there have been many, 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 many times when you are um, the person, the first person that somebody has told, told something to, like that's like the, like a deep, painful thing. And um, you know, when you say um, talking about people's problems all day and that being difficult, it's like, well, moments like that aren't. They feel extremely um, privileged and special and, and like when you have an experience sure. like that and someone like trusts you enough because it doesn't usually happen in the first session like someone um you've worked with someone enough and you've built enough trust with the person that they are willing to share like that's a pretty you know dare i say almost sacred thing and it, it feels really um powerful to be a part of um yeah and just to see somebody be able to be unburdened um that that's a, that's quite a privilege so there, there are many privileges to to the work. Um, I mean, it has. Its... No, I could see that. I could see that yeah. very much. There was, uh, I was on a job uh, recently doing some electrical work, and this 
like this homeowner and I got to talking and she like, just like completely opened up. And I was like, wow, this is really different. Um, normally it's just like this small chit chat. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got a family. Yep. Blah, 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 whatever. I mean, we were talking about like religion, we were talking about drugs. We were talking about like all this stuff. And she was just like, you could tell she felt like lighter after having the conversation. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. um, that was, I, after you like explain kind of like, you know, these things that people just don't really talk about, but are like willing to share in certain aspects. Um, yeah. It's pretty rare and it's pretty cool when it happens. I can, I can see that. I just don't know how much of it I could take. Um, that's not the hard part actually. I mean, I, I suppose it would be that because that's not, you know, every, that's not all the time, you know, those, right. um, um, and there's struggles like any other job. And, you know, if I, schedule too many sessions in a day and i am it, it's less about the content like somebody oh my gosh i don't want to listen to this. it's more about like wow i have been like very focused and attending to another person for five hours now and that's mm-hmm. hard like my my it's just sure. like it's not even the emotional challenge of the content so much as it is for me the mm, okay stay focused like um that's a long <laughs> sure. time that's a long time and um and and so that that's that's a part of the challenge that's that's um, a big part of the challenge because you know I mean, I mean that's the part of the job for me that's kind of been an easy fit is i don't love <laughs> sitting still um and so that's a, that that can be a real challenge because it's a lot of that like i ended up uh you know it's kind of early uh when i was doing this i had like uh back problems and i was in this armchair and so i got rid of the armchair and i um and I figured I needed something else to sit on. So for a while I sat on the floor, right? And so you can imagine people coming in to see me and I'm, you know, I have long hair and I, I don't wear shoes and I'm sitting on the floor. Um, so <laughs> I have my own, like I have guru. my own thing. I have my own, oh, what I do. No, mm. <laughs> no, no guru. Uh, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I, I don't like guru vibes, but it is like a, um, definitely you know i i do my own thing but i think part of that that really works i mean every, everybody's different not everybody's gonna be a fit with every particular um therapist or counselor they see um but i think i make people feel you know really at home and um like they can make themselves comfortable because you know i certainly do but yeah so i sat on the floor for a while and then um went through a bunch of different chairs to find right thing and then not, i own like three of these now they're like these stools that have a rocker bottom and this is what i sit in all the time now it keeps my back straight and i kind of huh. move a little bit so they're really great i kind of feel booty. like i need one of them it's called a buoy <laughs> the buoy <laughs> yes they're, they're really good all right i'm, I'm gonna um, make a note yeah buoy i don't know how to spell it good enough b-u-o-y yeah but they're 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 real nice. They're and they kind of adjust up and down, and they're real stable. Like you almost like you have to actually try to fall off of them, but at the same time they rock quite a bit. They're and they keep your back. I haven't had a back problem since, you know. And I was really like, and it made me tired all day um, sitting in that armchair. Um, so it's been a real. Uh, they're great. Like I said, I I have multiple ones because you know. Sure. They're awesome. Since we're showing off chairs, I'm in a. 
120 year old broken chair. This wow. was my wife's great, uh, great grandparents, great, great grandparents, something like that. So, wow. um, try to fix it and, uh, it's still not fixed. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. but, um, I would see people in like gaming chairs and stuff. And so like, I'm like, they look bulky and they got like eight levers. Like that looks, yeah. That looks dumb. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So I'll I'll uh, I'll look into the buoy. Thanks for the for the tip. Nice, simple. Keeps your you know you have to keep your back engaged to to sit in it because there's no back. So you know sure. it's you know it's um, and I sit in it you know five six hours a day. So it um, maybe seven. So yeah, plenty. So you you had mentioned you know you like getting different inputs, different points of view, and I think that's why I really wanted you to have like to have you on uh, the podcast because on Twitter you do have very uh, different points of view. Like it's very, it, it's not like completely contrasting to where it's just like argumentative. It's just like, Hmm, but have you thought about it like this? And uh, to give people an idea of what I'm talking about, you filled out my guest form and uh, you said, or my, the question is, what would you like to promote? A lot of people have a website or a product or something. And you said being a human, what does that mean? Mm. What does that mean to you when you say like to promote being a human? Um, man, I'm trying to think of what I meant when I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> we can come back to it if, if you want. No, 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 it's, it's all right. I, you know, I, I just, authentic I, I mean i think it could be authentic um maybe that's what i'm getting at um you know on twitter especially because i've really I've, I've not i mean i've had an account for a long time but i never really used twitter much um except i'd log on now and again if i wanted to like um you know like there was some current thing happening and i was just log on but it really wasn't much i didn't start using it actually until about um i don't know six nine months ago um, and I just, you know, at first you can see, like, you see the, the surface layer of Twitter, um, and it can just be so, um, nasty and so gross. Um, yes. And, definitely. um, just like, which is kind of what I always thought That's why I never really, I was like, Ew. you know, but then I was using Facebook, which is the worst place in the world. Um, and <laughs> so Twitter, that's hard to beat. Oh man. Oh God. Ugh. Um, but I discovered, right, that um, actually you can use Twitter in a way um, that is pretty human. And I think that that's what I meant, uh, you know, like by being a human, just um, being authentic, you know, relating to other people as if they're people. Um, sure. And not um, not other, you know, not some other category of people, not some like like that they're they're actual flesh and blood human beings and they have experiences just like you do um mm -hmm. and um and that you can know them and that you can almost always and this i i really believe you can almost always with no matter who find some way to connect with anybody right there's something with anybody that yes. you can connect around um and that and when you do that when you make that sort of connection that's really the heart of what i'm getting at when i say you know be a human is like find a way there's so many way, easy ways, so many signifiers, so many buzzwords you can use, so many things you can use that can divide. 
you know, or so many things that you can do to create like a superficial connection, but like, um, and sometimes those can be really meaningful too, but um, to really find something that you can, for instance, like a story just popped in my head. This was years and years ago. I studied abroad um, and I was on a train in Europe and I remember leaving Paris. I was sitting next to a gentleman that I believe I, I learned he was from Algeria and neither one spoke the other's language at all. Um, but we were really trying, you know, we were really trying. And somehow I got across to him that I was from the Midwest, Illinois. And he was like, Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan. <laughs> right? And so, like, you both had a huge smile and laugh. And we're, like, really, really excited about it. Because this was, you know, um, not during his heyday, but just probably after he won, like, a year or so after he won, you know, after the Bulls won their, um, their sixth championship. So he was still still legend top of the world I mean, he still is a sure. legend but the time still very much the top of uh it's relevant then yes um yeah yeah i got you so you can find a way to connect with anybody right and that that's mm -hmm. you know and that that's what i mean to be say be human is, is you know if you're looking for more ways to connect then not that dividing isn't i mean sometimes you do have to understand right difference i'm not saying like oh you paper overall difference and i mean i i, I mean i think you'd see that you know you look at my Twitter feed, I definitely highlight difference a lot, but it's not coming from a place of trying to put people in different camps so you can fight, but just to understand, you know, to understand someone's perspective you, and to really, to really connect with somebody, you have to understand, you know, where you see things similarly, but also where you don't see things similarly. Yes. You get into some weird fights on Twitter. Like I can, <laughs> I, I have, I have three somewhat recent, uh, was it three, two or three recent fights on on Twitter that 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 I was like, I don't, I'm trying to follow along. I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, one was a couple weeks ago about Wendell Berry, and I think you had an awesome post like a uh, like write up on Wendell Berry. Um, mm. one was like attacking him for something, which I totally don't understand what that was all about in the first place. But like your rebuttal to that was just like on point. Um. And lately, like, it seems like this week, you're, like, getting in, like, arguments about, like, hippies or something like that. <laughs> and I'm, like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, so far removed from, like, what's, like, going on. I'm, like, I, I don't have time to, like, like, mm -hmm. fig like, figure out where this all started and then come back to present day. I'm just, like, hmm. I can't remember what the other one is. There's something else that uh, was brought up recently. And I was, like, what's all this chatter going on? <laughs> Mm -hmm. but yeah that the later the one about the hippies was really just um i mean just kind of mostly having fun ship hosting with that sure sure, <laughs> um, sure that was just kind of playfully um um you know playing with stereotypes in a way that probably isn't going to hurt anybody's feelings too bad that's fine there's nothing wrong with that and even if it does mm -hmm. hurt feelings that's fine too just People get upset talking. about so uh, so many things that whatever. So, um, so you started in Illinois and you went to Colorado and then you came back to Illinois. Mm -hmm. In that journey, when did you pick up like farming and homesteading? Do you call yourself a farmer? Or do you call yourself a homesteader? I identify more with uh, farming. Um, 
because I want to make money. <laughs> that's a that's a good reason. <laughs> Emphasis on want to. Uh, we're still we're still early, but that's sort of how I I, I view it more as farming than homesteading. Because homesteading okay. has a real um, self sufficient um, vibe to me, which is cool and fine and um, great. Yeah, you know. But for me, it's well, I don't know. I have a complicated relationship with that word, I guess, because uh, you know I will at the same time also also um, use that. I'll also describe myself that way sometimes. So I don't know. Um, uh, I mean, I have chickens and garden and cows and plant trees and like I do all the things homesteaders do. Um, I have sure. for a long time. So um, um, the farming, I guess that's what they seem separate to me, though. Like they're separate things. Like there's homesteading. Um, and then there's the farming that are obviously they seem related, but, um, and these are just distinctions in my ho own head. I'm not trying sure. to make these distinctions as something anyone else should, um, acknowledge at all. <laughs> this is just how I try to think about them. That's fine. It's a talking point. I mean, we did, uh, we, so like, I, I, like on our men's forum. So like guys that, um, have been on the podcast, uh, whoever's available and forever, how long, um, or whenever, how long, uh, we talk for an hour every Monday night and one episode we did, uh, just like, is like homesteader. Is that a bad word? Like that's, that was the whole topic the whole night. And so, um, you bring up, uh, you bring up a good point. Like, okay, so you're doing the same actions, but is, is the difference intent? Like, so a homesteader, like I want to feed myself and my family cool farmers usually mm -hmm. do that then some like kind of take it to the next level is like kind of typically how that how that process goes is that kind of what you're getting at um you know maybe i i think there's um i mean we eat our we definitely you know part of the beef we produce is the beef that we eat um I mean, maybe, maybe I'm kind of uh, insecure, actually, because, you know, I feel like I'm a bad gardener. <laughs> um, um, and, you know, some of the homesteady things um, are just things that I have um, beaten my head against. And, um, and I think it's so... Um, I have a lot of irons in the fire. I'm, I'm doing too much. Oh, yeah. I can't fully commit. I can't fully commit. I think that's part of, for me, that's the, that's the thing. Cause I, you know, uh, work full time. That's my, you know, that's, you know, that takes a lot of time. Um, and then, you know, my, um, Emily and I, the, the farm thing sort of like a, um, her and I joint venture, like the cows, that, that, that's sort of her and I together, you know, like, um, and the way we have tended to think about it, because she, I mean, she, she's never met an animal that she doesn't love. She is an animal person all the way down, except possums. For some reason, she has a weird thing about possums. Like she does not like those, but every other animal on, on the earth, I think she's, um, just an animal person. Um, and so she's really, um, <clears throat> like pays a lot of attention to the cattle, the cattle's needs. And, um, you know, the, you know, the genetics and keeping track of, um, 
uh, like the the calving stuff. She's really on top of all that. Nice. And, and I kind of am support with all that. And then I'm my my bigger fascination by far is the is the the pastures. I'm super in, in the infrastructure, you know. So like the the fences and and all that, and you know, making sure that the cows have food and that the pastures are getting what they need. And um, that's that's my big fascination. And then the you know the biodiversity that comes with the rotational grazing and you know managing the the the, um, the surrounding woodlands and clearing clearing little areas for civil pasture and letting <clears throat> letting the letting some of the woods creep into the pasture so they have shade and just kind of like managing all that is what I get really excited about. Um, sure. But what's been really hard, and so this is why I think maybe um, part of this, like you caught me at kind of a, a moment where I might be feeling a little insecure about a lot of it, is because Emily's been she's had a awful ankle injury that she's been struggling with for about two years and so i've been really doing kind of everything um through no fault of her own at all um right but i'm burnt out as hell um to be completely honest about it and like um really um <laughs> need her ankle to be feeling better <laughs> so that that's 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 sort of you know, maybe that that's part of it too. Is being like, well, if I were really a homesteader, I'd be much more focused on being self-sufficient. But instead, you know, but I have to, you know, work full time to keep it all afloat. So I think there's like just sometimes I feel like I have so many things in the fire that I'm like maybe a little shy of completely um, claiming um, that. I don't know. You know, um, it's better than not trying, right? And um, maybe it's like. I, I was, I'm still coming, trying to come up with a, a topic for Monday's episode. And I'm, I'm I was kind of leaning towards oh, kind of like priorities. Like how do you prioritize things? And you kind of gave me uh, an idea just now, like maybe like, okay. So maybe if you got like this plan of like being like a farmer, right. To like, you know, make money at it, like awesome goal should do that. But maybe like we like, and I'm guilty of this too, by the way, like maybe we need to look in before we look out, like look at like our own property and Mm -hmm. the things like our operations, like let's, let's tighten up some loose ends before we go, um, try to, try to make it bigger. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's for sure. And that's a mistake. Um, and it's not, <clears throat> you know, it's one of those things. It's not, I mean, you know, life happens and, and, oh, um, yeah. when, I mean, no one, uh, we didn't plan on Emily hurting herself, um, pretty significantly. Um, and I think that kind of, yeah, that presented a, um, it's been a real challenge to kind of like, it's a pre- at a pretty crucial time. Um, now on the other hand, um, my 14 year old is pretty engaged and I mean, he is like strong, like a man now and has become like really helpful. So, um, so that's great. And, and been, and, 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 and he's into it. Um, that's awesome. Know, it's dude. not, um, I mean, he's a 14 year old. So sometimes it's like, dude, come on. But like, he's really into it and like super helpful. And, um, and he's been my right hand a lot of the time. Um, and I, you know, I think we're, you know, I mean, I think we're going to get over the hump here, but I think what you said, like, um, 
Well, I think I, you know, I've, I've kind of passed, you know, and I guess I should say I'm a homesteader because I was doing this whole thread of um, Twitter posts on my laws of homesteading. Cause I've been here for 10 years and I feel like, well, I can jokingly make Twitter posts about it. Um, and um, it's, I mean, I think people should know that it's pretty hard. <laughs> Uh, it's not, uh, um, I'm not saying that to discourage anybody. Don't, no, don't, mm -mm. life should, I mean, if, if life's meaningful, it's going to be hard. Um, doing hard things is, go. I mean, why would you try to live and not do hard things? But so, um, that's not meant as discouragement, but it is an eyes open sort of thing. Like, it's not like it is on Instagram, um, I mean, I guess unless you oh, have... Oh, yeah, I say that all the time. Unless you have so much money that you can just pay other people to do it. Like, uh, I, I followed somebody for all of 30 seconds. I was like, oh, this person looks interesting. And every picture is her just drinking wine in her garden. Like, her sunflowers are... I mean, it's a nice-looking garden, mm -hmm. but that's all it is. Like, okay, uh, never mind then. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Next. Mm -hmm. I mean, if that's yeah, what you want to do in your garden, do it, whatever. I don't care, but that's not for me. That's yeah. not, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't follow that. So, I mean, I will say drinking wine in the garden is all right. I'm, I am down with drinking wine in the garden. <laughs> that's, hey man, that's fine. But that's, Just if maybe, that's all you, you know. do, you might have a problem. Yeah, exactly. Um, but a well-earned glass of wine, but I'd prefer by a campfire, but yeah. Sure. I agree. Um, so how did you get started homesteading? Like what, like what, like what motivates you to grow your own food? Like, why would you, eat, if it's so hard, why would you do this? Um, oh boy. So, and this is why the, the homesteading, like it's not like the self-reliance isn't my primary thing. Right. Like, and that's, that's why I, I think that's why I'm kind of have some, not, I mean, I think the term's fine. I don't have any judgment of the term, but I kind of, um, as far as its application to me, self-reliance is really not, um, it's good, but we moved here because we had, um, uh, this farm who's been, that's been in my wife's family for so long, um, and you know the house was gonna fall over um but like the way midwestern houses do you know and, sure um you know because uh a, a, a country block you know that used to have 10 that used to support 10 families is now farmed by you know one family um and all the other you know old houses just gradually rot um and I grew up in the country down in Southern Illinois um, and really, really liked being a country kid a lot. Um, and we were out in Denver at the time we moved and, 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 you know, I have not a bad word to say about cities. I think cities are awesome. I like city people just fine. I enjoyed living in the city tremendously. There's some nice stuff about living in a city like food um, for instance, um and um there's ironically just, you know it, <laughs> yeah right ironically but man you can, i mean especially if you go to the the the, the strip mall ethnic places man the food phew, 
Um, you get good food. It's not even that expensive. Um, and um, just the, you know, the music, like music, there's a lot um, good, good live music. And I just like being around people. It's fun to be around people. I like people and I like to be around people. I'm a pretty extroverted person. Um, and so there are a lot, of, I mean, I didn't hate the city. Um, and I don't hate the city. I like to visit the city, but I also like at the same time to set things on fire whenever I feel like it and not worry about if anybody has anything to say about it. I, I, I really like, really like fires, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and, you know, I value autonomy a lot. Um, and I liked growing up in the country. And so the part of it was like, hey, we can give our kids a um, give our kids that lifestyle. We have, um, you know, my parents were at the time in Southern Illinois. Um, they've actually moved up here now, which is amazing. But they were in Southern Illinois at the time. Um, and Emily's parents were just right down the road. Um, and her grandma. And we have great relationships. We're both lucky. We have great, like, my relationship with my parents is amazing. Her relationship with her parents, like, and it just felt like we are a thousand miles away from grandparents who love us, love our kids, want to be involved. This is stupid. Um, this is, like, real dumb. Um, mm. Why why, why are we so far away? Um, and so that was a huge part. Um, and then the farm. The farm... Uh, um, you know, I am, I care a lot about uh, the health of the earth, right? Like that is a prime motivator for me. I care a lot about that. And I worry a lot about that. And um, I, you know, I was a vegetarian actually for, it's always funny because I'm a, I, I farm cattle now, but I was a vegetarian for, 12 years. Um, Emily was a vegetarian for like 15 years. Um, long time. And I still think there's actually a strong, strong argument to be made for practical vegetarianism. Maybe not ideological all the time. Meat is bad vegetarianism, but for practical vegetarianism, I think there's a pretty strong argument for it still, because I think you're better off being vegetarian than, you know, eating, um, a lot of, uh, what we kind of refer to as factory farm meat. Um, sure. uh, so, you know, I, I think that there's still, and that was sort of my, um, you know, when I was vegetarian, I was like kind of horrified by, you know, animal mistreatment and manure lagoons and, you know, just the whole thing, you know, was um, repugnant. Um, You're not the first person to tell me that I've heard that like, that's, that's becoming a common story. Um, yeah, I've heard that. It's like, oh, gross. Like, that's what we're eating? Like, I'm going vegetarian because at least you can't, like, I guess, abuse, uh, like, lettuce or something. I mean, like, you kind of can. Yeah, you're not good. Not the same. Yeah, but, like, it's not going to get real sad. Like, torturing soybeans doesn't feel as morally problematic. It just doesn't. Right. Um, um, now, it's less visible. Like, yeah, now, I mean, I view that differently now um well I'm not i don't view the horrors of 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 main of what animal agriculture sort of actually practically is like 
I mean, I think that's important to know too, is like so many people talk about regenerative ag and they talk about um, grass fed beef and, you know, and, and I think we always have to keep in mind that that's a small segment of what the meat industry is. Like it's not big. Um, and, um, and there are still big, big problems. Um, yeah, the, the, the animal mistreatment is really hard, um, with that, you know, like the, the way the hogs are, are, are raised mm-hmm. and that's, not, that's, that's awful. It's just bad. Um, um, So is that how you but, came around to uh, growing your own food? So, okay. Yeah. Thanks for reeling me back in. Sure. Um, uh, as I said at the beginning, I was having a, um, a mulberry bramble from liqueur that I, I made with mulberries from here. Right. So if I drift, nice. that's, that's why. Um, that's totally fine, man. <laughs> this, the, what, you know, and I, I've mentioned this before, you know, on Twitter, but like the seed of moving here for me, um, you know, other than the family stuff I mentioned, which probably is honestly number one. I mean, having four grandparents who, you know, you get along with really well and want to be in your kid's life is, it's just, you want to be close to that. Um, but the ecological piece and the farm piece was like maybe five or maybe eight or nine years before we moved it was um i went to a in fort collins colorado it was like the first or the second sustainable living fair which went on to become a big event there um and we lived in fort collins it was a really fun town to live in and um one of the speakers there was wes jackson um who founded the land institute and um you know his whole premise is um, is breeding using um, traditional plant breeding techniques, not GMO, but breeding um, perennial grains, um, you know, perennial grains. And, and he talked about the problems of annual annual agriculture and the problems with, um, you know, that, that creates as far as uh, soil erosion and, and losing topsoil. And um, he called at the time he used the word natural systems agriculture a lot. And, you know, just the idea that he was talking about, about perennials and mimicking nature and, you know, and this idea of managing food production, um, not just as extractive, but doing it in a way that was beneficial, that produced a crop, but it was also a bit of, and no one used the word regenerative back then. That, that wasn't a word, but but it was beneficial to the land that it came from. Um, and so it, it, it wasn't this extractive thing. Um, that was really what got me. And thinking like, you know, there's 300 acres in, in the Midwest that, um, you know, if we loved it and cared for it, you know, could become more whole. Um, and be, could become really productive and beautiful um, and full of life. And um, and so it's that vision for me, more than any sort of thing about like self-sufficiency. Although, again, I don't have a, a, a negative impact. About it. I'm just saying that that's not my, that's never been the thing that's grabbed me by the heart. 
Um, although I think about that a lot now, especially in the age of climate disruption and things like that, it's less about um, maybe like self-sufficiency now and more about 10 years from now being like, well, if um, it'd be pretty awesome to have, you know, tons of chestnut and hazelnut and, and pasture um, for cattle and things like that, they're pretty resilient to lots of different weather types. Um, so they can still be productive, you know, for ourselves and for others. Um, so that, that, that vision motivates me for sure. Um, but it's never, never really been for me just about like, I want to grow all the food we eat. Although, I mean, we did that, um, two nights ago, it was great. We, or three nights ago, whatever. I don't know. Um, you know, had a meal that was hundred percent stuff that we grown. And that is, I mean, that's a great feeling when everything on your plate is stuff that you produce. Like that's a really, really cool feeling. Oh, sure. I will. I'm going to get there someday. Don't know when, but I'm going to get there someday. I mean, if I just eat a whole plate of eggs, I'm I'm there. So mm-hmm. there you go. There you go. Yeah. And then face fit. Well, okay. Well, you know, it goes great with eggs, potatoes, plant a couple of potato plants. Oh, I was going to say steak, but. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> steak and eggs is good, but you know, potatoes and eggs, like that's a good breakfast right there. You know, just, yeah. uh, um, um, you know, get a hog and you can have some bacon. You can cook the eggs and some bacon fat. You got bacon, eggs, and potatoes, and that is the breakfast of champions. I am buying half a hog this year from uh, from a buddy mm-hmm. of mine who's actually been on the podcast. So he's nice. just like 15 minutes away from me. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, nice. So tell me, tell me a little bit about your operation. So you said you have chickens, cows, a garden. Did you say ducks? No ducks? Uh, we have had ducks. We don't at the moment. I really want ducks again. We have a pond, kind of a pond. I mean, it's a pond. It's 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 half, three quarters of an acre, and it's kind of deep, but it's really covered with moss right now. We haven't quite been able to figure that out. But um, I really would like to have more ducks. We had them for a while, and they were great. Um, I think they ended up uh, inside of coyotes. Um Oh. And we have some, we have, we have chickens um, and um, we always have just like a, a little personal egg flock um, garden every year. Um, like I said, I, I feel like I'm kind of a bad gardener, but um, it's cause I'm too busy, you know? And so one of the cool things, and this has been like an amazing thing is that my, my parents ended up moving up here and my dad is a incredible gardener. Like he's, you mm. know, he's a school teacher spent all the summers gardening, spent, you know, I mean, his entire life and the guy can garden. My mom too. Um, but my dad still got like the energy. Um, sure. and, and he, so he's been coming out and so he moved up here. They just moved up here this year and they, they live in town. Um, and so he's kind of adopted my garden and my 11 year old. And he's like, teaching miles how to garden and miles is into it. So it's really the coolest thing in the world to see my dad teaching my son, you know, passing this thing, you know, and it's something that I'm kind of in and out of and interested in and learning from, but to see that really that transmission happen is amazing and awesome to watch. And just in one year, like my weedy, not that productive garden last year is like pretty nice. Not no credit to me at all. Um, And next year, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be like, look out. Um, Not any credit. I don't get credit for that. Other than, I guess, you know, 
creating the conditions for it to happen, you know, like uh, moving here and, and doing a lot to like create the conditions for that to happen. Um, I, I'll, I'll take credit for that, but like the, sure. but the, um, it's really cool. It's really cool to, you know, it's great for both uh, my dad and, um, and for, for miles to have that uh, with each other for um, miles to be able to receive that from his grandfather and for uh, my dad to be able to pass that on. And um, my dad loves to garden and I'm learning a lot too. And I think it's, it's, you know, I, I, it makes me feel more manageable about it. Um, and I like seeing how my, my dad sort of literally organizes his brain around the garden and he has for 50 years. He, he organizes his work. He organizes his whole mental life, not his whole mental life, but a huge part of his mental life. Like it helped, like it structures so much and it's been, and it's clear to see it. It's like he stays in tune with, um, with the material world and he stays in tune with what the garden needs. He's he's attending to it and paying really close attention and he knows and he's engaged, but it gives him uh, such structure and such focus um, that it's really neat to see um, as a 44 year old now, rather than, you know, like a 12 year old running around and dad was in the garden all the time. And I did not care at all. Did not care at all. But now I have another chance. I have a second chance to learn the things that I didn't choose to learn when I was young. Yeah, you can really learn neat. them from your son. Yeah, right. He and man, there's no better. I, I don't know. I'm sure other. I'm sure dads or parents generally out there can relate. There's almost no better feeling than when your kid teaches you something. I love it. I love it. I love it so much when they when they when they teach you something that you didn't know. Like it's the best. I'm um, even though my kid is only two. He's already like teaching me stuff like, like how to be a good dad, like, like, you know, learning patience, learning how to better communicate, like all these like little things, like that's like super helpful to me. Um, Obviously being like being more patient is always going to be better than not having any patience. But like, I'm also looking forward to like the day you'll like, come to me and like want to talk of like talk to me about like everything he just learned about like great white sharks or something like that be like yeah tell me about it like yeah. i want to know i want to know what you know um they love both the boys love those nature documentaries they always have especially the older boy he's been since since forever he's loved those you know just a um yeah that's that's a huge thing you know in our whole family that's a big part of our family culture is um uh, nature, natural world, living things, growing things, um, animals, a lot of animals. Cause Emily, like I said, she's an animal person. Sure. Um, just loves every animal that moves except possums. I think it's a weird thing. I think I don't that know. was the other thing that popped up on Twitter, like whether or not you should kill a possum or something like that. I think that was another topic of discussion mm. recently. I'm you, against uh, killing possums in general. I mean, yeah, whatever. You're managing your own place. I, I get it. They're not a problem for me here. They don't they don't create problems. Hmm. They're kind of funny. I know my wife hates them, so I kind of like to leave them around because they're it's funny. Um but 
I hate raccoons. Raccoons is raccoons is the problem here. Like they're sure. they, oh my god, they're cute. They're cute and cuddly, and you think, oh, raccoons. Look at that cute little animal, and they're kind of smart, but they're a menace. That is true. My neighbor just shot like five of them, and I was like, "Thanks for uh, the you know predator control, you know, because I just let my chickens just wander all around the place, and I probably don't lock mm-hmm. them all up at night because I'm not counting them all. So, yeah, like, whoever's here gets to mm-hmm. stay safe. But yeah, so." A little bit more about your about your property you were talking about like you know mowing the grass and letting the woods kind of creep into the pasture a little bit for um creating like an edge and whatnot what other things on your property do you do you have like do you have swales do you do hugo culture do you you know let the cows run into the pasture and then you know a couple days later let the chickens go into that pasture break up cow patties or anything like that we had a real uh I posted a thread one time about all the unsuccessful things I've tried. Um, it's and it's by far from a exhaustive list. And one of the ones I didn't, I did hookah culture, and it was a, it was a hilarious um, misadventure. Because um, I, I mean, I dug, he dug a huge trench, huge, and put a bunch of wood in there. And I mean, it was fine. It grew um, really good um, squash um, and pumpkins and things like that would grow on a little, but literally anything can grow squash and pumpkins around here like anything anywhere you actually you just like throw those seeds in the air and they'll grow plants anywhere right like if you disturb the soil a little bit around here so it's like that's not a much of an accomplishment but it did make a big ugly mound that i regretted for six or seven years before no not that long for four or five years before i dug it out and flattened it out and so it was, it, it didn't work very well, but I probably didn't mm. do it right. <laughs> it's like, like a lot of the other things I've tried. I'm like, I get an idea. Looks great on Google. Right. I read a few articles about it. I'm like, that looks awesome. I try it and I'm like, what the, f- hmm, no. Uh, um, so I didn't enjoy hula culture. <laughs> um, we haven't done the chicken. We've, you know, the boys are interested in chickens and we, we will, I think next, I think this winter, I, I think this winter will finally be the winter we're going to build because we have the wagon and we got everything we need. And I think we have this winter, we're going to build a, you know, egg mobile to run chickens out in the pasture behind the cows. Um, we've talked about it for a couple of years, just hasn't happened. I think this will be the year that we do it. Um, I'm yeah, looking forward to that. I really want to add sheep in at some point a lot um so that's uh we haven't but i'm i'm curious about that um we planted a bunch of trees this year for but that that was a a crp uh, program we put some acreage into crp so we were able to put a lot of um, a lot of really nice trees in and that that was really exciting a huge windbreak nice Um, that's awesome and that, that yeah so that that's a nice one um and then because the um, we have sort of had, um, you know, I we've been learning, right? Like the last we were, we got cattle four and a half years ago. I think it was is when we, we, we when we first uh, you know so the first like five years here we just like landed and we're like whoa we just what are we doing here? And that was establishing, um, you know. Uh, self-employment income and our kids were little and we we're just like okay how do we be here right 
about right. five years and then and then about about five years ago it's like okay well let's how do we take this to the next step and it's like well let's get some cattle we would like that's because i really drawn to the vision of pasturing um um, both you know, silvo pasture and um, rotational grazing and, and just the, I'm just like philosophically totally aligned, interested. Um, and so we've really been learning. It's sort of been, that's been what we've done. Like um, just learning about how to do it. Like, how do you, how do you have cattle? What do you need to do? Um, how do you handle them? Um, how do you maintain them? What vaccinations do they need? How do you wean them? You know, what do you, like, what, how do you calve them? What's the best time of year to calve? Um, what's the best time of year to calve based on your goals? How do you get everybody calving at once? Um, there's a million questions, a million. Um, and just kind of at the beginning, we're like, okay, well, maybe we know something. And then clearly realized that we didn't. And now at this point, kind of like, know a little bit but also know what we don't know and see the challenges of like developing a whole system you know that works like a the you know um and and part of that's been we've done that on the acreage that has been around our house we have a a, kind of a like a distinct area around our house it's like i don't know um 10 12 acres um and then there's a lot of other pasture on that now our farm is we don't farm the cropland. Um, uh, we work with um, a couple really amazing um, Mennonite brothers who they farm it organically. So it's certified organic. They farm it organically. Hmm. Um, and um, what, just like lease it out or something? Yeah. 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 They, they, they lease that. And also the pasture has been leased um, to, to them as well, but there, it's, it won't be in next so we're going to sort of like, this is the year we're saying, okay, we've learned some stuff, um, learned a lot. And now we're going to kind of like expand the herd and expand our past, the young expand to managing much more pasture. Um, and, um, and so we have the, you know, we have a plan, you know, to do that. And we have the, the resources in place to do that. Um, I am, really the only problem I need to really solve is having the, the time dedicated to it. Um, that seems to be my continual problem. Um, sure. But um, so that's, that's sort of how, you know, we've been kind of learning in, in this area that, that, that we have had and kind of tried a, little, a bunch of stuff and stuff. And, and I think I talk a lot about the stuff that didn't work. Like so, some stuff has worked and we have learned a lot. Um um, but I think now, okay, it's like, all right, now we're going to grow into this much bigger area um, and manage, um, you know, a lot more pasture and um, and some. Uh, we were able this year too um, to work with our, our farmers. Now we, we've we've been grazing cover crops a lot, and in fact, we had like in the middle of the summer they they cut their wheat, but they always plant clover behind it, so they had a nice stand of clover come up we talked to them about and that gave us some nice you know summer grazing um to help our pastures rest because it's been super hot and the pastures have been pretty stunted and so it was really a godsend that we were able to do some of that although then we realized well what do you do for shade in the middle of a freaking field and it's hot 
Um, and so then it's like, well, now we have to figure out how to solve that. Like it's all, and that's part of that's that's part of what's been like it's it's problem like which I kind of like the problem solving, but at the same time, it's just always like, oh gosh, I didn't think of that. Now I don't know. What do you do about? There's that? a lot of fires um, you got to put out. A whole lot, and that's I think what I was getting at too. And I was like, you know, it's kind of hard. <laughs> like it's a lot of that. Like a lot of like I didn't even know that was a thing. Not only is it a thing, it's a crucial thing. And I don't know what to do. Uh, okay. Um, better read something, talk to somebody, figure something, make something, buy something. What? Uh, it's, you know, and, and so you learn, you know, you learn from doing, doing that again and again and again and again and again. Um, and, you know, I think you get fewer surprises, but, you know, they, and then stuff breaks. Oh, does stuff ever break? Um, and yeah. that's, that's no fun. <laughs> that's no fun. Um, so let's let's go into uh, stuff that you have tried that's worked well, like stuff you've learned. Can you give me some examples? Um, sure. Um, well, like I said, the, the the garden, which I guess I'm not getting personal. What I've learned about the garden too is that. Um, you have a lot of, uh, this goes with everything, you know, you have a lot of ideas, um, and ideas aren't worth much, <laughs> um, until you, you try them and that's, what's worth everything. You know, you try them and then you can kind of like learn by doing even great ideas that you read about aren't that great when you try them at first, <laughs> they're just rarely, at least in my experience, but they're still worth doing because you try them. And then if you pay attention and see them through and that, that, that's the real key is, is if you just dump something back, well, that didn't work. Well, then it pretty much is wasted time. But if you're like, well, why didn't it work? And what could I do differently? And what, like that can be, um, you know, that, that's, there's a lot of richness there. Um, you know, yeah. and so, you know, I tend to, I have tended to be way too, you know, understructured with gardening, you know, and it's like, well, actually, you know, giving a lot more structure really, really helps, like really helps a lot. Um, mm -hmm. So I like have all these like romantic notions of a relatively wild garden that kind of takes care of itself. And it's like, no, <laughs> no, it doesn't because it, I don't know. I mean, maybe somewhere else it might. Right. And, you know, um, you know, you just put the right plants in and kind of, but like in central Illinois, what will happen is the weeds will get five foot tall before you blink. It's amazing. Oh my gosh. The weeds here are staggering. And they like, you know, you'll, I mean, you'll get giant ragweed that will grow up to seven feet tall in two weeks. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Um, and like, you just take over everything. Like, it's like clear that like, this just wants to all be plants seven feet tall. Everything, every, everything wants to be that. Um, and you're, you're, you're like battling that. And if you pretend that you're not, um, you lose. <laughs> um, so you have to, you have to, you know, make, and a lot of structure helps with that, you know, so that you can clearly define, you know, um, what's going where. And so it's like m much more structured than I wanted to be at first. And that, that seems to work um, much better. Um, but that's specific to here. Um, 
I think that's a good tip. Now we though, have actually a structure in the garden. I think that's that's a really good tip. Uh, like I've heard the example of like if all you have is 15 minutes to do the garden, like you know when you get out there, I only have 15 minutes, so I'm going to make the most of it and just like you know do as much as you can in those 15 minutes. Whereas like you just like oh, I just don't have time. I'll I'll do it tomorrow and. And the thing, things fall apart, and that's how you end up with seven foot weeds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, giving it like structure in your life and structure, like physical structure in the garden, like um, defined beds, um, being pretty persnickety about straight rows, um, like all the things that you know the old timers do um, that um, you think may or may not you know when you're younger you kind of think like well you really have to do it that way and then you're like yeah they do it that way for a reason keep everything like persnickety straight um be mm -hmm. fastidious about a lot of things give it a whole lot of structure um those are generally good things to do in my experience and i, I mean i'm sure there's well there are definitely exceptions to that but like it's especially for like annual crops like yeah do that um, at least that's been my experience. Um, with perennials, you can be a little more whimsical and playful and they'll kind of figure it out. It seems like, but, sure. um, but whatever, I mean, listen to me at your own risk. I've already acknowledged I'm a bad gardener. So, <laughs> um, but I, I, I have learned a thing or two, I think. Um, well, you learned that chickens, you're a bad gardener and, and how to be better. I mean, I have learned how to be better. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> How better than I was. Um, and um, and if you're bad at something, get help. That's a real that's a real winner of a tip there. If you're bad at something, get help from somebody else. That is a winner. Um, yes. Um, Find a mentor or something. Yes. Um, and don't let Soppy from trying. Um, right. Um. Chickens, I don't know that I've learned that much about chickens, to be honest. They're just always kind of there. I have learned that <laughs> raccoons will kill them if you give them the slightest opportunity. That's what I've learned about chickens is that they're dumb and that they do not defend themselves at night at all. And that if you <laughs> and if something gets into your coop at night, they will all die and chicken will just sit there and let a predator chew its head off. It's they're the dumbest. It's like at night. They just. It's dumb. I don't understand. It's like they no. turn their survival instinct off at, at, at dark. Um, they get in that tree and they're like, well, I am safe now. Um, so uh, you absolutely must, must, must. Um, and I, I, we've had pretty good luck with free range chickens, actually. Now, one thing that I did learn, too, is that there's a place adjacent. Because we, we, we actually switched to free range chickens and it works better than it did when we kept them pinned in we have a lot more luck and we keep, we have a better survival rate with them free ranging than when they were pinned um they can fly they can escape a lot they can like during the day they actually do keep themselves pretty safe unless sure. they're going somewhere where, where there's tall grass at least this is around us we don't see we've never had sky predators i don't think we've ever lost a single uh, bird to a hawk so someone else that i mean if that's a problem you have i mean you know, then, then the free range thing might work mm -hmm. a lot less. I don't know, but our place never lost a single bird to a hawk. 
Um, but we have lots of raccoons and I think maybe a weasel. And um, if they can get to tall grass, um, we would have predators that would hide in the grass and then they would ambush the chickens. Um, we lost some to that. But if we keep the grass cut down where the chickens go, and if the chickens can kind of see what's around them, they have been pretty good at keeping themselves safe. So <clears throat> yeah. as long as we, they can roam and range um, all they want, they come back. Really, I mean, it's a great thing about chickens. I mean, the sun goes down, they're in the coop. You don't have to round them. They're like, that's home. That's where we go. Um, and just make sure they're locked up. And we've had time, too, where we've had the... Um, because that's been a job the boys have had, so they've had to deal with the consequence of forgetting to lock the chickens up mm. before, um, <clears throat> which is horrible and <clears throat> makes you really mad. But also, I think it's not probably in the long run a bad thing for them to learn. Um, right, he definitely is learning something the hard way. <clears throat> um, so, um, so we've kind of learned at least how to. you know at least the risks to birds here um but they're pretty i mean chickens are really easy i mean they we don't even feed them for eight months at all you know um dang they just eat yeah uh, i mean that we have food in their coop but they don't eat it i mean they i mean we can maybe go through two bags of food i mean we don't they don't eat much food um they they scavenge really well um so it like that's worked so my like kind of like wild let things happen philosophy within limits kind of is kind of working with the chickens right now um sure yep. it doesn't work with the garden at all um they even have access to the garden and and they don't do much damage in there you know <laughs> um which i saw a, th a thread on on twitter you know about people being like oh man that's the dumbest thing in the world they eat all your vegetables um and i get it and it seems like they would but they don't they they <laughs> I mean, I mean, if they did, I have <clears throat> poultry netting. Last year, I fenced it off. This year, I didn't bother put, putting it up. And they did get some pumpkins last year, I guess. <clears throat> so we'll see if they start to get into the pumpkins again. That'd be no fun. But by and large, that works. They just, and I love, I mean, it's, lo it's lovely having chickens just roaming everywhere. That's that's fun. They, they kind of just do their own thing. We need to get more. Um, but... Um, you know, but that works. And then with cattle, you know, we just, um, I don't even know where to start with that. We've, uh, just, um, I don't know that there's been any great successes other than the fact that we've grown our herd and that we know how to, we know a lot more about them. And, um, and I think that we haven't suffered a lot of catastrophic, I mean, I think anytime you have animals you know bad things happen and we've lost a couple and really sad it's always sad to, to lose an animal especially like a big animal like that but right um i mean i think we've learned to take care of the herd and, and meet their needs and then by by all i mean there's still a lot to learn i don't put myself out there as any kind of expert on this in the slightest but i do think that um we know so much more than we did four years ago. Um, and, um, and I think that's, 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 the, that's the success there. And, and, you know, we managed to grow the herd and have successful calf crops and, um, you know, market a few, we've marketed a few animals when we, you know, we're, we're still building the herds. So there hasn't been a lot, but, and that's been, 
Um, and we've done that and um, I think we'll do that a lot more in the next two years, but um, you know, we've kind of done a lot of the things at least once now. There's a lot we need to do. I mean, we'll do repetition and at a bigger scale, but we've done probably most things like once now, or at least if not more, um, we've learned to, um, well, here's one. I mean, here's, here's kind of a, and it's not a complete success story because we have one big stubborn cow who doesn't get it and, 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 and she's just, um, but you know, working cattle at first was a disaster. It's just so hard to do. They don't go where you want them to go. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, I kind of was like, uh, read about like this bud box and I tried to just using, um, cattle panels or whatever, rig this, rig this thing up. And we had this shoot that we got off of, um, Facebook marketplace. Um, and they wouldn't go through it. <laughs> And it was awful. Um, and, you know, just getting them to, like, getting them into the, you know, we built a shoot that led into the working shoot. And it just was awful and miserable, like miserable, because they just wouldn't do it. <laughs> and they can be really frustrating and stubborn animals if you don't know how to work with them. And, um, and I think a combination of, you know, we have a pretty small herd. We have, like, 20 animals, and they all know us. Um, and so they're pretty tame. I mean, not completely, but pretty tame. And, um, and we're just better working with them now. And we also, and, and my 14 year old and I were kind of, we're like, we need to set this up differently. And so we moved around all cattle panels and we kind of, um, you know, without build it, without basing it on a design that we'd read about, we're like, well, this should work because every time you, you move this way, they're going to want to go this way. And, and, you know, the first time we ran them through, it was like, bloop, 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 like a breeze. And, um, and it, and it worked. Um, and that was, that was neat. You know, so it was like this physical evidence that we we're kind of like understanding cattle behavior and how to, how to work with them. Um, I mean, I can also provide counter examples from this week, but whatever, we don't need to talk about that. I did want to get into, um, I got, I got like 20 minutes before I got to go take care of some stuff. Um, I did want to yeah. get into the biggest challenge in farming that you faced. The biggest challenge. Mm -hmm. um, the biggest challenge. Um, it's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that's, that one before. Uh, but yeah, it's very I mean, true. Um, it's expensive for real. Um, that's a that's a big one. Um, and I don't. Uh, I, I mean, I think you know, there's like an argument, like you can bootstrap it, and it doesn't have to be. But like, you know, with cattle, there's things that just like, you know, it's like, oh, well, then you need fence and you need the, the you know, like a, a working shoot was really like a thing that we felt like, bitch, we're going to need that. And, um, and, you know, doing the rotations, um, just, you know, how do you get all the equipment and the reels around? Like you need some sort of a vehicle to do that. Um, I mean, you can have a cart and walk it, I guess. Like there's, there. There are, are less expensive ways, I think, probably to do everything, but not free. Um, and um, and it's expensive. Um, so that's a big one. Um, but, I mean, I the biggest, I don't know if it's the biggest, but it's definitely um, a real um, major challenge. Um, 
No, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think uh, a lot of people don't look at like, well, maybe it doesn't, they don't think about expense as a challenge. Cause like how much more could you get done if you just had infinite money? Right. I mean, you could like, like, Oh yeah, come on in and dig me some swales. Like, Oh, 30 grand, mm-hmm. whatever. I don't care. Uh, hey, come in and dump, uh, let's see, about a thousand yards of wood chips for me and I'll do, and spread it out. Cool. Thanks. Um, you know, just like look at how much you could get done with just money. Uh, yeah. Oh I, my gosh. I had a, so much. I had a, I, I did like a TikTok video a couple of days ago and it's like, isn't it like kind of crazy how, how bad like farmers, homesteaders, and gardeners like, want this lifestyle that they were willing to work more and get paid less just to have it. Like how much money mm-hmm. do we just dump into this thing to have it? And like, like financially, it usually like, it doesn't pencil out at least for a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, but the lifestyle is the return on the investment. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. That's the thing. So um, that's it. I'm, I am a, uh... I do think in the long term, I think in the long term, I think it'll come back. <laughs> but right, yeah, it's, but you just it's, need it's, it's, it's substantial. It's substantial um, for sure. Um, I, I mean, I'd be lying if I hadn't thought about how many amazing fly fishing vacations I could have taken. <laughs> <laughs> and think sometimes like, what the fuck am I doing? I could be on the, oh man, I would like to stand on the banks of the, um, you know, the Slough Creek and Yellowstone. That'd be all right. But no, I try not to go there. <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh-huh. Uh, so to, so to counter that, what would you say the best part about farming is? Um, well, if you like being outside, it's, it's pretty great. Um, I do like and you know, so, so to kind of go like just with the challenge, it's like, you know, there's, it's like, you know, there's basically, a, uh, you have time, money and experience. Like these are like the main challenges. I don't know anything. I don't have time. I don't have money. Right. Like those are the hard parts. Right. And so you like, you got to solve at least some of those, you know, and you're probably not going to be, if you had all three, like, you're going to conquer the world. Like it's great, right? Like if you got time, money and knowledge, you can do a lot. Right. Um, but you can do a lot if you can do one of those things and have patience, um, two of those things and have patience, but like that, those three things, you know, you have to learn to know something, you know, you you need some resources or way of getting resources. Um, uh, and you have to take time to do it. And if you do have, time where you can just enjoy and this is what i and this is what i was going to connect to the you know what's the best thing about it. it's like you you know um a lot of it's really fun like if you enjoy being outside if you like solving problems like I, sometimes i call it like a uh knucklehead um you know farming you do a lot of like knucklehead carpentry or knucklehead engineering knucklehead this knucklehead that where you don't really know what you're doing but you're like hey let's figure this out and that's fun that's like a blast to do it's like that is fun. Um, yeah, I like doing that a lot. The first, 
the first time I built high tensile electric fencing was like, you know, like watching YouTube videos and learning to tie these knots with the wire, but it was fun and I liked it. And it's, you know, going back to the, the beginning, I was talking about my work as a, a psychotherapist, like that's a great farming is a, uh, you know, as, as long as like I'm not having to do too much, which has been my problem lately, but as long as it's like a more balanced, they're a great counterbalance to each other, right? Because with farming, it's like tangible and you can see it. Like I build a fence, I can see the fence that's done, you know, and I move the cattle to a new paddock and I can see like there's the paddock they grazed off and, and there they are in chest deep grass. And that's a great feeling. It's tangible. So it's a, it's a wonderful counterbalance to work that's more uh, head-based intellectual, you know, interactive, like just, um, you know, important and good, but it's, it's, it's not, there's something really nice about tangible, uh, you know, work that you can see and feel. And, 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 and that's, that's great. You know, being able to see what you've done and then, you know, to know, like at the end of the day, um, everybody's got to eat. Um, like it's something you can feel good about, you know? And so you're, you're making food for people. Um, which is another challenge, especially with animals, um, because you love them. Um, you do. I mean, at least we do. Um, like really like love them. Um, and that's hard, right? Like that's hard. Like slaughter is hard. Um, not, we don't do it, but like just the driving an animal that you've raised and taking them and dropping them off is hard to do. It's a terrible feeling. Um, and, um, it's necessary and we believe in it and it's vital, but um, don't like that. <laughs> I doubt I ever really will. I kind of hope I, I mean, I hope I don't become desensitized to that, to be honest. Um, um, Cause I think that that's, you know, that's, that's like right there at the heart of the challenge and the roar. You're making food for people right. to live on, to sustain themselves on. That's good and wonderful. And then, but it, you know, it costs these other creatures. They're like, you know, and cows are kind of dumb, but they're not. <laughs> they were acting real dumb today. We got one that almost gave herself heat stroke because she wouldn't go in the shade. She's fine, but it's like, what what are you doing? Why are you, why are you doing that? Um, you don't have to. But by and large, they're pretty good at meeting their own needs. They are definitely really social. Um, they have big, beautiful eyes. They will. You get to know them. They get to know you. Um, they're a lot more interesting than I ever thought they were. Um, hmm. And and they're so calm. Man, if you want to relax, like, you go out in the evening um, and I do just be with relax. them. That does know, sound too. nice. I need to do I got to take my advice more on this, for sure. You should just go integrate out, go out your the, uh, psychotherapist in your, with your farm. Bring your clients to your property. And just like do work while they're discussing their problems. Maybe well, they get you know the idea of the idea of some sort of a, a retreat here has is not impossible. It's it's not in the next two or three years, five years probably, because um, we're going to be like I mentioned before, focused on kind of scaling up the cattle. But that's not that's not impossible. That's something that's sort of like in the back of my mind. It would be really really neat, you know, as we kind of make this place. Um, you know, more of an oasis and we kind of get our bearings and get into the rhythm that we're trying to find and create, which is really hard. But, um, 
uh, that word um, that word I think really resonates with me you know just finding the rhythm you know there's a rhythm to seasons there's a rhythm to a day there's a and and finding those rhythms um and tuning into them um you know and then the idea of bringing other people into that um is attractive but we're i don't feel like we're there um and may never be and that's fine um but it's it's in the back of my mind they can just shadow you for for the day or the hour or however long they are they're booked for just like all right you're gonna i'm gonna i gotta fix this fence or whatever and uh mm-hmm. you know this is this is our session <laughs> well now it would just be me it would just be them watching me um swear i have enough time to finish and swear <laughs> and like not all the time i exaggerate sometimes it's not always <laughs> I, I um I exaggerate and a little bit, but, um, but it would, it it definitely does include that sometimes. Um, for sure. But it is nice to be out and being, you know, in the evening in a pasture and the, the cattle, they just, them eating their grass and just chewing. And the sounds out there is pretty sublime. It's pretty sublime. They're just, you know, nice sunset, nice, you know, maybe um, it's starting to cool off a little bit because it's been hot, but, and, you know, and they're just chill, man. Cows are, now they can be real flighty. They're not always chill, but when a cow is chill, it is the most chill. Like, it is like chill. Sure. Deep chill is hanging around pretty, cows. Pretty they're, nice. If they're, if yeah, if they're like, all right, you're cool. You can be here and they're just doing their thing. It's like, <laughs> you can just like vibe on a cow and it's pretty Vibe cool. on a cow. I've, yeah. I've been taking little like notes and I might just post like Nate isms every now and then just like as a follow-up, like maybe one a week or something like that. Uh, I already forgot we said something about like vibe with a cow or something. Vibe on a cow. Yeah. Get vibe out and on, vibe a, on cow. a cow. <laughs> yes. So, uh, wrapping up here, what would you tell people that wanted to get started? Um, don't bite off too much, too fast. Um, yeah, like there's that, I mean, like I said, like I kind of add, I have this sort of like Nate's laws of homesteading that I said, like kind of not that don't take them too seriously, but they are things I have learned and, um, some of them are, are tongue in cheek, but some of them are, are like genuinely things I feel like I have learned the hard. Don't bite off more than you can chew at first, right? Like don't do everything at once. Um, get your feet under you and take off. Do a small project, and and um, you know, learning from failure is good. I'm not to say it's not, but also like having success is also really good. <laughs> um, and you don't always have to learn from failure, like. You will, and if you get ambitious, you will, and that's okay, and that's good. There's a lot to be learned, but, man, there's a lot to be said for just, like, man, I put a little raised bed in, and it was awesome. Stuff grew, and it was great. Um, and I think, you know, especially at first, um, not biting off more than you can chew, it, that would be my number one. 
for sure. You know, number one with a bullet, that one. Number one with a bullet. So, um, so you've got, you actually have your own podcast that you sent to me. Do you want to, do you want to tell people about that at all? Sure. Yeah. It's, um, it's I would. interesting. It is. It is interesting. Uh, especially the episode that I listened to it's, um, yeah. Tell them about it. Well, we are, we didn't, we didn't get into this today at all. Um, uh, you know, which is fine. This is a whole, um, I'm not a practitioner, um, you know, of this profession, I always want to clarify that because there, there are people who are, um, on the research end and underground, but I'm very interested in and have been for a very long time, um, psychedelics and psychedelic assisted therapy. And there's a whole very long story there, um, for me. Um, but it's something I'm really curious about, really interested in, um, and, um, and the podcast is called Altered States of Context, uh, where my podcast partner and I um, talk with each other and, and do interviews with people who are you know, involved in um, various aspects of um, psychedelics, including most prominently psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy, but not exclusively that, to just sort of understand um, and help people understand um, what it is um, how it works, although we don't know, like, so it's, that's mostly speculative and, 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 um, and what can be learned from it and to try to humanize it a little bit. Um, a lot of people have a lot of preconceived notions about it. Um, and so we go, you know, just directly into, um, you know, all of that, all, all, all of people's um, biases, what they think, um, or they've been taught about it. Um, and, um, and what's happening because it's fast changing it's super fascinating like i said at the beginning i'm super fascinated by people and how we how our minds work how how uh social interactions work how we are as social beings and our internal lives and our external lives and, and i feel like psychedelics lie right and smack in that um, and illuminate a whole lot and um and there's some accumulating evidence that they also seem to be um pretty helpful at helping people shift perspective and maybe making positive changes in their lives. So, um, so that's the podcast altered states of context. That is, uh, that whole world is completely foreign to me. And, uh, when we first connected, uh, you like sent me like, Hey, you know, I got a podcast set up too. And I'm like, Oh cool. What is it? And you told me, and I listened to the, um, a bad trip episode and i had told you mm -hmm. that uh like for to spoiler alert for those that want to listen you more or less like you your trip was like every like your life was like a lie like nothing actually happened like you know uh there's like just huge segments of your reality just wasn't actually the reality um is am i am i close Ballpark, sure. Yeah. I mean, for, for a one-sentence description, yeah. Good good enough. <laughs> so, and then I told you, my wife has dreams every once in a while that are similar to that. Like, like before we moved into this house, she had a dream that she, like, walked into, like, you know, our, she, like, got up out of bed and was, like, in our apartment. And she, like, called to me 
but I wasn't there. I was never there. Like I was like a complete like figment of her imagination or something like that. Like, uh, and she's like, it was like really freaky and super vivid. And just, like, it just like threw her off, like definitely all day. And probably like the, you know, a couple of days following just like, that would be like a real, real bad time. <laughs> Yeah, it can be. That particular episode was that was the 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 topic was bad trips because you know, and part of our our commitment on that show is to explore. Um, there are you know there's benefits. There's also risks. The risks aren't necessarily, in my view, in my opinion, the same risks that people say are the risks. Some of the risks that people say are risks are really I don't consider them very risky at all. But some of the ones I think get talked about less are actually substantial, um, and just understanding. Um, just understanding as much as we can about it um, and um, learning as much as we can about it. Um, you know, I, um, I had experiences when I was younger that I just simply, you know, the short, short version is I just simply couldn't deny and had profoundly positive impacts on my life. And I, I mean, I can't lie about that. That's true. That's what happened. They, I learned things and and was impacted in a way that set my life on a course that was far better than the course it was on before. Um, and that happened for sure. And that's and it happened because of experiences I had that were as clear as day that communicated to me, the way you're living isn't right and your life isn't gonna be good or you can change. And it's just like I understood, boom, and I did. Um, there's a lot, I mean, I could talk a lot more about that, but, um, the short version is that, and I mean, I think anybody who knew me at the time and anybody who would look at the changes in my life would say like, wow, you really changed. That's all good stuff. You were really kind of a fuck up. And then you weren't a fuck up anymore real quick, <laughs> like real fast. That changed awful fast. Um, and it, it did. It was sort of undeniable. And so then that experience was like, well, hold on a second. I think there's like, because, and, and, you know, at that point too, that was the late 90s. And, um, you know, the propaganda against it was still, I mean, it still is to a degree, but really, really, really strong. And uh, at that point, I was like, well, okay, there's more to this story. There's a lot, lot, lot more to this story. Um, and so I've been, I've had, I, I've had a certain loyalty to that ever since. Cause I'm like, well, if, if my life changed that positively, you know, then I just can't get on board with, um, right. You know, with, with, with the, the propaganda stuff, I can't get on board with people going to jail for this. Like I can't, I can't be on board with that. Like that doesn't jive with my truth at all. No, that makes a lot of sense. Like I literally experienced this thing that is counter to what you're saying happens like so no i i get that a lot that that makes a lot of sense not saying so, there aren't risks not saying that they're they're, they're they're i'm not saying it's like candy and totally safe not at all i would never say that don't say that on right. show. don't 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 say that at all but i am saying that there is a a lot to the story and that it's um fascinating and can be you know the, you know it can be beneficial yes agreed so um you have uh you've got your Substack, uh tripping with nate i'll have a mm -hmm. link for that in the show notes um obviously you're on twitter and um 
your your wife's uh, farm Instagram. I can have that link in the show notes. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, that'd be great. She hasn't yeah, been posting and, uh, as much the last few months, but I, I think she's going to get back to it. It was a nice, sure. nice little feed. She, she just you know usually puts a little just pictures of the animals a lot and kind of some um, you know her thoughts and whatnot. But yeah. But yeah, if I didn't have a uh, aggressive rooster to take care of <clears throat> this week, like tonight, uh, I would be definitely stay longer to uh, talk more about <laughs> lots, uh, lots of stuff. But uh, it's already nine o'clock here, so I got to go deal with that. Um, yeah, hey man, my I really appreciate too, your time. So good. Yeah, I, yeah, uh, thanks for having me thank on. For being here, this was so, fun. Yes, yes, thank you, thank you for being here, and uh, thank you everyone for listening, and we'll see you later. Bye. Yeah. Pretty cool conversation with Nate. Very different kind of interview because Nate is a different kind of thinker. Really like this one. Thanks for watching, everyone. Please like, subscribe, comment, and most importantly, share this video. You can check us out in Fountain on Fountain.fm podcast player. Sign up for our email list or Telegram channel there to be notified when new videos, interviews, and podcasts are available. We are on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, MeWe, and Float. Send me a message, farmhoplife.com slash contact, or email me anytime directly, matt at farmhoplife.com. You can check out our 20 by 23 program where we are going to help 20 homesteads in the year 2023. Um, you can That's at farmhoplife.com slash 20x, 23. Uh, I'm always looking for new people to interview if you want to come on to talk about homesteading, farming, food security, homeschooling, regenerative agriculture, alternative building methods, or anything else. Just go to farmhoplife.com slash guest and fill out the form. Go feed yourself. Inside of the city, the people are crazy. Out of their minds, they ain't got a clue. We gone away, headed west for Montana. Family and friends, all I got now is you. We both got new jobs, a host and a homestead, thinking this was the life, all that there'd be. After our firstborn, you had to stay home. That's when the work got in the way for me. Well, I started. farm to help and to wander. Me and the family, a truck and an RV, send us a message and